Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but let's give a quick shout out to our podcast partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. Three great organizations that you should really check out. And now, don't fast forward. Please stay with us for our uh, shout out to our podcast sponsors. It'll only take about three minutes. We'll be right back. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactives, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and check out their products. Schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. Sideline Interactives products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check them out today. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. The Wall of Fame is an interactive touchscreen video console that highlights your school's top performers, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. But Wall of Fame is so much more than that. It's an extensive content program that helps you uh, uh, to tell more compelling stories that will better engage your audience. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their products. And when you're ready to buy Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake for a 5% discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They are going to show you how to sell tickets online for all your events, not just sports, but school plays, school concerts, even graduation. At the same time, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com for more information. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds and you don't need any design experience. Use our podcast code ADPOD10 and get 10% off. That's gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. Huddle is going to provide your coaches, your teams, your athletes, the tools that they need to play at the highest level. It's going to be a professional-grade solution to the challenges that we all face as athletic administrators. Go to huddle.com. We believe in sports, and teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users and find out how to turn your school into a huddle school. That's huddle.com. We also want to thank Snap Mobile. Snap Mobile is the parent company for an entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and of course, Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We use Snap Raise with great success, and they've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Go to snapraise.com for more information. That's snapraise.com. We want to thank Final Forms for their support. Go to finalforms.com slash Jake and prepare for your best season ever. Final Forms will help you with compliance, with risk reduction, 
Uh, they'll help your stakeholders with reminders about policies, about physical deadlines. They can help your coaches with attendance and communication. And for you, they'll help with all the reports that come across your desk. Um, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take those next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake and get started with Final Forms. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick and easy way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic Directors typically only hear from that 2% that want to complain, a disgruntled parent or maybe a frustrated athlete. And we need to hear from that 2%. But we also need to hear from the 98% that really love and support our program. And Athletic Surveys allows you to do that. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey for your school that will help you take the pulse of your student athletes and your parents. That's Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, I know I say this frequently, but it's true. We've got a really cool guest today. Uh, her name is Jennifer Garrett, and I really don't know where to start in uh, her introduction. Um, she is a podcast host. We're going to hear about that, but she is a, a lawyer. She has seven, seven degrees. Uh, she is also a brand architect and a strategist for professional athletes, um, successful author of not just one, but two books. We're going to hear about those later and a ton of other things. Uh, we're very fortunate that she's spending some time with us today. We're going to hear some leadership tips. So Jennifer Garrett, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Hi, Jake. Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm excited to chat with you. Well, again, you were so nice to connect with me uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I, again, I, I think your journey and you know your message and things you're doing are really going to resonate with our listeners who are primarily high school ADs, but those leadership lessons and uh, skills, if you will, uh, I don't think can be uh, overemphasized. Uh, so let's go and jump right in. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us a little bit of your uh, bio, where you were born, where you grew up, uh, you know, maybe take us up through your college years, uh, which is a chunk, uh, <laughs> and then we'll take our first break. But what's the Jennifer Garrett origin story? Yeah, so I'm from Chicago, Illinois, grew up in the city. And I think for me, so I'm an only child, which I think really helped shape kind of where I'm at today, because as an only child, you spend a lot of time with your parents, especially when the days before the internet and social media and all these apps, right? So you either played outside with the kids in your neighborhood, or you hung out with your parents. And on my neighborhood, there were not a lot of kids. So I had a lot of time with my parents watching professional sports, football, basketball, Bulls fan, Bears fan, all of that really fell in love with sports at a young age and never thought that I would do anything in sports today because I never knew anybody in the industry growing up. So it's kind of been quite an evolution to where I've gotten, which I know we'll get into. Um, but for me, you know, my, my dad was an engineer. And so I was really exposed to a lot of science, math, 
technology, technology back at the time, which is different than today, concepts. And so yeah, I wanted to be an engineer just like my dad. And so that was my plan. I was always interested. I played sports in high school, um, but I was always you know, that math, science, geeky kind of person too. And I really thought that's where my career was. My uh, two undergraduate degrees are in engineering. And so I thought that, you know, when I look at, it's funny how life takes you in different directions. And so I thought I was, you know, going to go in the engineering path and go be, you know, an engineering manager, become a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, um, and we'll transition on how the path changed. But, uh, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, growing up in a big city, I've been fortunate to have some major professional sports teams. Some have done, uh, have had more success over the years than others. But, uh, you know, the thing that I've really taken away from sports is that competitive athlete mentality. And how do you use that to be a good leader? How do you use that to be successful, not only in your own life and your own career aspirations, but also just in the impact that you make on other people? Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things that uh, I noticed right away, looking at your website and, and digging into your book is, um, and, and some people do this in a corny way, but yours just really uh, seemed to to touch home, uh, the sports metaphors. And again, that you mm -hmm. know, uh, the name of your first book, Move the Ball, and now your second book, Dominate the Game. Uh, mm -hmm. Just you, it's just very natural and effortless how you know you make your points, which, as you mentioned, we're going to get into later mm -hmm. on. Uh, I, I think very cool. I look back at, you know, my dad wasn't an engineer, but he was a contractor. My brothers and I, we got to work for him, uh, mm -hmm. Saturdays and weekends growing up. I just hated it. And that's what, you know, I, I found sports, which I loved. And if mm -hmm. I played on a team in high school and then later in college, I didn't have to work for my dad after school. <laughs> so, uh, it, similar, but different experience. Um, let's go and jump, uh, into those early career, uh, positions mm -hmm. that you've had. Cause again, you've had quite a, a varied, uh, uh, experience, a number of experiences in your life. So, uh, you know, maybe share some of those highlights with our listeners. Yeah. So I mentioned that my undergrad uh, degrees are in engineering and one's in electrical engineering and one's in biomedical engineering. And so my first job out of college was I was working for the Department of the Navy. I was a federal civil servant engineer and I got to work on some fascinating things that you, the thing about working for the federal government is you get to work on projects that you don't usually get to work on in many other industries that are exciting, that are classified, that are, and so I got to do weapon system uh, performance testing on programs on some Navy ships. And so got to travel to a bunch of cool locations as well. And it was great to get to, you know, put those technical skills that I learned in college to use. But I always knew that I wasn't going to be a career government worker. There's nothing wrong with being a career, you know, civil servant, but I wanted to do more stuff on the business side and focus on a company that looked at profitability and operating metrics and things like that, that you just don't pay attention to as much as a government worker. But I did enjoy getting to work on those, you know, special projects and things that, uh, that really worked, you know, to help the military be, um, the greatest military in the world. And I got to do that as a defense contractor as well outside of my civil servant days. But uh, the early part of my career was really focused on engineering technical roles. And then I went back to school and got an MBA knowing that I wanted to go in a technical leadership 
capacity. So after uh, I was done with my MBA, I ended up going to work for the Boeing company. Uh, Boeing is one of those companies that has a commercial sector and a defense sector. My experience was all on the defense side of the house. So continuing that you know career path of getting to serve and work on some great military programs. Uh, again, I just can't imagine that. Uh, you know, I finished my undergrad, ended up getting my master's in education because I was a career teacher and coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, continuing to, obviously there had to be a, a hunger. We talk about the importance of being a lifelong learner as a, as a coach, mm-hmm. as a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you took that to a whole new level. Yeah, people always wonder, well, why did you go to school for so long? Did you not know what you wanted to do? That kind of a thing. And the answer to that is, yes, I did know what I wanted to do. And I actually went to school with a purpose. And so I was very fortunate that I worked for the Boeing company at a time when Boeing had a very generous education uh, benefit program. And so at the time they would pay for any schooling you wanted, didn't have to be of towards a degree, didn't have to be related to your job. As long as it was from a four-year accredited university, they would pay for it. And so um, I felt like it would be a great um, benefit to take advantage of or to leverage. And so I went to law school on Boeing's time. I worked full-time during the day. I went at night. Um, I had a little problem with going to school for four years, four nights a week for one piece of paper. So I got another degree while I was in law school as well from Gonzaga to master's of communication and leadership, because leadership is always something that I've been focused on and and wanting to learn and grow more about. And so I decided to do the two degrees concurrently while working full time. And I also had three kids at the time. So um, I'm always busy, always keeping it moving. Um, But then after that, I worked for General Electric that also had a very, um, very robust education program. And so they paid for the two advanced legal degrees that I had. So because I had these benefits available, I saw an opportunity and I decided to capitalize on that and get some more formal education and not have to pay for it. So that's really why I did it. The other reason too, I love to learn. I love academic. Academia. I do not think you have to be in a formal academic setting to learn and to grow, but that's just a space that I really enjoyed. So I didn't mind doing all of the academic curriculum and you know, the homework and the studying and the tests and stuff, because that was a space that I enjoyed. But we should always be learning every single day, whether you're going to school for a degree or, you know, you're just getting on the job training or reading development books or whatever it is. We should always look at what we can, what can we learn each day and take away something. Oh, absolutely. And again, that, that's one of those lessons that I think, you know, all coaches, all teachers, you know, try to, you know, pass on to their students is, you know, what, you know, what are your strengths? You know, what are your resources? You know, use those, you know, take advantage of them to the greatest ability possible. And you certainly did that uh, with those educational benefits, plus your own drive to, to just learn more. Very cool. Yes. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Jennifer Garrett. Uh, you heard a little bit about her <laughs> early background with seven degrees. Uh, we're going to hear a lot more. Uh, she's a successful author, podcast host, entrepreneur, and uh, brand architect. And we're going to talk about branding here in one of our segments. Please stay with us. We're going to take our first break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their indoor score tables and video boards. You've heard me say one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director was our Sideline Interactive score table. We use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. 
They're tremendously versatile, and the customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. The Wall of Fame's an interactive touchscreen video console that highlights your school's top performers, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. But it's so much more than that. The Wall of Fame is an extensive content program that allows you to tell more compelling stories that will better engage your stakeholders. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their products. And when you're ready to buy, use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake and you'll get 5% off. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Jennifer Garrett, uh, branding expert, podcast host, successful author, entrepreneur. Uh, the list goes on. Uh, Jennifer, you, you shared a little bit about your early background. Uh, and again, those leadership lessons really stick mm -hmm. out for me. One of the things we also like to do is let our guests share some of the mentors that they've had in their lives. Uh, none of us get to where we're at on our own. One of the expressions I always use is for my mentors, I still hear their voices in my head. So uh, mm -hmm. do you still have voices that you hear? I don't have voices in my head that I hear and I don't see dead people, but um, I thought you might like that joke. Um, not a comedian. So my jokes aren't always the, the greatest, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I'm someone that really believes in the importance of having mentors in your life, because the definition of a mentor is someone that can help guide you, help share their expertise, help accelerate your learning and your growth as well. A lot of people think mentors are just people that can make connections for you. And that's great if they're willing to do that, but that's not their sole purpose. It's really to act as an advisor for you throughout your career and kind of steer you and help you navigate in the right direction and hopefully not uh, make some mistakes too along the way using their business expertise or their career, you know, career backgrounds. And so for me, um, I was always one who throughout my career understood the importance of taking charge of your career path. I, I It would always amaze me early in my career how many people thought that someone else, that was someone else's job. Oh, someone else is going to look out for my career and help me advance. And even you mentioned my first book, Move the Ball. I mean, the big um, underlying theme in that book is I analogize you to being the quarterback and it's up to you to drive where you want to go in life. But so many people don't think that way, which I just found interesting. And so for me, I always knew the importance of having those mentors that could help me. So, you know, what can I do differently? Like it's something I talk about on my podcast a lot is being able to move the ball and dominate is about differentiation and separation. And so differentiation being how are you different? What is the differentiated value that you bring to the table? So that way people do want your expertise. They do want you to be a part of the team. And so that was something I would always ask mentors of mine is how do I set myself apart from other people? And I'll give you just an example. One of my mentors I worked for the Boeing company um, in an engineering company. You didn't have to dress up and wear suits. You could wear jeans and, you know, polo shirt or be casual. And a, a mentor of mine said, I want you to always dress up even on Fridays. And I'm like, 
Friday is this casual Friday. Why would I want to dress up? And he said, because nobody else does it. And that way people are seeing that you take your job seriously. You're a professional, even when you have the opportunity to dress down and, you know, be like everybody else, then you don't stand out. And it's about your, your perception that others have of you, right? So if they perceive you are, you know, wearing, I wasn't always wearing a business suit, but I was dressed up, you know, then that's one way that you're visually setting yourself apart. And we all know that your brand, and we'll talk about branding, the brand that you give off, the impressions that people have of you, they will lead to business opportunities or they could prevent you from having opportunities to advance, right? So for me, that was one thing that a mentor told me early on. And then whenever I had, um, project successes, or I might have a visitor from a senior leader within the company, I would ask my mentor, like, what kind of things I want to send a follow-up note? What should I say that might be a little bit more impactful? Or I would use them as a sounding board. I draft an email and say, what do you think? Right. And I'd get their guidance. And so that's one thing. And as I continued in my career, having mentors, it was just a part of my playbook as I'll call it, where I could utilize these resources when I had questions. And those questions could be regarding uh, career advancement. Those questions might actually be, I have a problem that I'm trying to solve. Can you help me through your experience, right? Or can you, Boeing, for example, is a big company. And so I was trying to connect with other parts of the business to do some uh, creative opportunities we're looking at pursuing. And so I didn't have connections there. So that in those circumstances, I might ask a mentor, Hey, do you know somebody that has experience in X, Y, and Z? And yeah, I'm looking to find that. Could you connect me with another leader within the company, um, as well, but it wasn't for, can you help me advance? It was, I have a problem I'm trying to solve. I'm looking for your help in your network to solve that problem. So mentorship is not all about what can you do for me in my career, right? It's about how can you help me bring more value to the table, whether that's solving a problem, creating an opportunity, uh, forging a new relationship, whatever. And so one of my mentors was actually the CEO of Boeing at the time too. So for me, my, my goal was find people that I respected, find people that have done great things in their career who I aspired to be like. And those were the mentors that I looked for. Um, personality had a fit too, right? But it's important to find people that you that are not just one level above you, but people that have really been successful. So they have that expertise and can give you that guidance that you're looking for. Yeah, your um, comment earlier about, uh, you know, dressing up, uh, I, I think leads very easily into our next topic here. You know, you're a, a you uh, bill yourself as a branding architect and strategist. Um, nowadays, high school athletic directors, uh, one of the jobs that's been created is uh, involves branding and showcasing their student athletes, their teams, their coaches, their programs. So what are some um, techniques or uh, some whys? Uh, so one of our listeners can embrace you know, the importance of branding to have a successful um, experience for their student athletes in their program. Any advice? Yeah, I mean, first of all, a lot of people don't understand the importance of branding and why it's important. I mean, the first thing is you never know who's watching. Right. And so you want to make sure that you're actively managing the brand and cultivating an image, a perception that's consistent with how you want to be viewed by all of your audience, whoever that audience 
might be. And so, you know, being deliberate and purposeful on what are the things that you want people to see about your program, about you, about the benefits that your organization brings to the table, you, how you serve your students. I mean, in an athletic setting, it's all about serving your students too and promoting and highlighting the great things that your athletes are doing, that your program is doing. And so it's very important. And I mean, social media is such a, an important part of our culture today um, as a nation, as a globe, it's important to use those tools to really communicate and highlight the great things that you're doing. And so, you know, I think it's important for people as they're looking at their brand to think, what are the things that I want people to see? about the program. And obviously in an athletic setting, you want to highlight your athletes, right? But what else are you doing that could be important? Are you serving the community? As an example, do you have other programs that you're doing? How are you giving back to the school? So those are things that you also want to be leveraging into your branding strategy to communicate the value that you as an AD, that you as a high school, that you as a program bring to the table. And so I think it's important to take an active role instead of just, oh, I took this picture today. Let me post it. Right? Like be more more strategic, be more intentional with what you're putting out into the digital space because you don't know who's who's looking. And the other thing too is, I mean, you, obviously there's going to be parents and there's people in the community looking, but you don't know who else is observing what's going on into the digital space. And that can lead to other opportunities, other, uh, depending on where you're at in the country. I mean, NIL is a big thing nowadays and some states allow it at the high school level, some states do not. But, but depending on where you're at, that could lead to some opportunities for your kids as well from a, a compensation standpoint and some opportunities to, to make a little bit of money and invest towards their future too. Yeah, I, I love the thought, you know, you don't know who's watching or, you know, kind of flip that is, you know, everybody's watching. And so I want to make sure I, I'm putting out, you know, the best image. And I, I love the point you talked about connecting with the community. Uh, you know, yes, we're promoting our athletes on uh, our teams, but uh, we're also, you know, part of that bigger community. Very cool stuff. We're going to do this uh, a couple of times during the podcast. Uh, and in our next segment, we're going to talk about your podcast and your books, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and connect with you, find out more, um, go and uh, what's that website uh, address and, and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, the best way to reach me is at my website, getinsidethehuddle.com, which should be easy to remember, especially for folks that have a sports background. So it's getinsidethehuddle.com. Um, I'm also very active on LinkedIn, as you know, Jake. And so if you just you know search the hashtag, move the ball, then you should find me on any social platform. But the best way to reach me is go through the website. It's got my contact info and would love to have you reach out. As a longtime football coach, I love that name. GetInsideTheHuddle.com. We're visiting today with Jennifer Garrett, uh, entrepreneur, podcast host, successful author, branding expert. We're going to find out a lot more about those things when we come back. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Go to Gipper.com and use our code ADPOD10, and you'll get 10% off. Start creating custom-branded content for your school's social media channel on Gipper.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. 
go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for your athletic events, but for things like school plays, your concerts, uh, school dances, even graduation. At Hometown Ticketing, they're going to show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Check it out today, hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Jennifer Garrett. We've been saying that she's a successful author. Let's talk about those books. Uh, your first book was Move the Ball. Uh, you know, very successful uh, and, and very cool read, by the way. Uh, I haven't got the second one, but it just recently came out. So I guess that's my excuse. Uh, <laughs> dominate the game. Um, let's talk about the books, how the first one uh, come together. And then obviously let's hear about Dominate the Game too. Yeah. So move the ball. I mentioned that I was an only child growing up in Chicago. And so I watched professional football with my parents, most notably Chicago Bears games. And being a child growing up in the 80s, uh, you know, the 85 Bears was a great time to be a Bears fan. And so I'd always just been a fan of the game of football, studied the game intently my entire life. And um, I ended up deciding that I was going to write a book on the sport of football and just all these lessons that I had learned from the game and what I used in my own life to be successful. Now, when I'm, um, when I started writing the book, I didn't know anybody, there was no social media, then you couldn't reach out and like, do all these interviews, I knew nobody. So I just wrote what I knew and how I used it to be successful. Now, when I published Move the Ball, I also didn't know anybody. And so but I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm gonna go tell all these people in the world of sports, you know, what I did. And I wrote this book. And nobody cared. I mean, you know, as you know, Jake, I mean, football is a, it's a tough business and to be a woman saying, Hey, yeah, I know football. And, you know, I, I wrote about it. Wasn't really well received. People were not rude to me, but nobody really cared. You know, every event that I physically, I, I would go to so many events just to meet people and let them know. And they're like, okay, well, yeah, that's, that's great. You know, good for you. Right. And so very not rude, but you could tell there was a dismissive tone or, or lack of interest. Whereas in the corporate world, because I had these business successes, people were like, oh yeah, Jen, you know, tell us, well, what did you write? I got to do a lot of speaking events, but I always wanted to make an impact in football. And so for me, uh, you know, I, I use social media quite a bit as a networking tool, not just LinkedIn, but other platforms as well. And so, you know, I was continuing to try to network with people. And over time, I ended up getting people to give me a shot and listen, and I would send the book out. And there were people that, you know, had built successful sports careers that I'm very thankful for, were willing to have a conversation and genuinely cared about what I had to say. And so those people you know how football is, it's a small world. And so they helped, you know, open doors for me, put their name behind me. And so that really helped me to grow my, um, my presence in the world of sports. You mentioned my latest book, Dominate the Game, um, which came out last month. And so the difference between the two books, Move the Ball, not last month, it came out in November. Um, the time's gone by so quickly. Um, but uh, the two books are go hand in hand in terms of there are a lot of sports references. Move the ball itself is a lot more football heavy in terms of terminology. However, you don't have to be a sports fan to really understand the principles. So it's written in a way that anybody can can read it. But dominate the game does use a lot. It's a lot less 
football technical, but a lot of football stories to serve the points. And so move the ball, the book was all about just keep moving the ball every single day, a foot, a yard, an inch, whatever it is, like here are some tools and techniques that are going to help you to accomplish your goals, no matter how fast or how slow you need to go, just keep it moving. Dominate the game is really about taking things to the next level, about elevation, pushing boundaries, like, you know, be in that 1%, go after whatever it is that you want. And so they, they build upon one another. However, you don't have to read dominate the game before move the ball or after move the ball. You can read them, you know, interchangeably. Um, but I've always loved to serve people. I've always loved to connect through sports. And so for me, you know, writing books was just another avenue to be able to bring content um, out to people and, you know, hopefully make an impact and help people to achieve their goals. Yeah. I, I, again, it's, not rocket science, but at the same time to have it um, presented uh, in the format that you did in, in move the ball. It's just like, you know, wow, you know, this is, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's captain obvious, but it's surprising how many people, you know, whether it's a, a high school kid or a, a young teacher coach or a, a cranky old guy like me, you know, sometimes you, you just don't see, um, see it yourself and you need some, uh, a book, uh, um, a, uh, a guide to point it out for you. Um, mm -hmm. What's been, what was some of the early feedback that you got, um, you know, uh, once the book started to come out and gain some traction that had to be uh, gratifying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, you never know what's going to, what people are going to catch on to. And the fact that people started gravitating towards this notion of moving the ball and sharing on social media stories about how they had moved the ball every day. Like it, it's interesting people understand what moving a ball entails, right? But for somebody to adopt that into their way of thinking, and when they're talking about their success, they're saying, I moved the ball today. Like, that's pretty cool to know that someone has connected with what you've said so much that they want to adopt that terminology into how they're speaking about their accomplishments is never really thought that that would gain as much traction as it did. And I mean, even when I wrote Move the Ball, I mean, I, I've always been a marketing kind of person. So I wanted a catchy title, but I never thought that it would turn into this movement. Like you just never know what people are going to stand behind. And so to see how it's grown and evolved over time and how it's become a huge part of my life and what I do today, uh, never would have thought it. You know, my plan was to be a Fortune 500 CEO and kind of climb the corporate ladder. Never thought I would be doing anything around football. And something else I was going to mention too, um, as I was trying to connect and build my network in the sport of football, there were a lot of people that didn't see the value. There were people that were willing to give me their time and have a conversation, but that was the extent of it. You know, they weren't bought into it. They didn't think it was great. They were like, okay, well, nice to meet you. And, you know, we moved on. And there were some people that would socialize to me that they thought I was wasting my time. And, and like, I remember the one conversation that had the most impact on me was one that I had such high expectations for, and it didn't go the way that I had wanted. Um, and basically I had connected with a woman whose family had owned an NFL team previously. I thought, this is the connection, right? You never know, like you're that one connection away from someone that can totally change your life. And so I thought she was it for me. And so when the conversation wasn't as positive, it was a lot more devastating effect. But what she said to me was, I think you're wasting your time. She's like, none of these players care about what you have to say. 
And I remember thinking like, wow, okay. You know, well, that was, and I don't think she had any ill will in that comment. I genuinely think, and you know, Jake, I mean, football is tough. And so it is tough to be a female trying to make an impact in the sport. And so I think she had good intentions with what she had to say, but when we have people like that, we have two choices that we can make. We can listen to them and say, you know what, you're right. I think I should go do something else. Or you can appreciate their perspective and still keep going what you set out to do. And so when I look now at all of the players that have stood behind the brand at the NFL level, at the college level, I mean, if I had listened to her that no one cared about what I had to say, most of the relationships I have today, I would not have because I would have gone off and done something else. Yeah. Um, again, uh, that's, it, it's always tricky. You know, uh, and you, you talked about, you know, being one connection away and you know, I, I've i had similar experiences, you know, and talking with say a, a football coach or a, let's say a, a college AD or, or maybe somebody, you know, with the NFL and, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, at least I was, you know, you know, boy, this could lead to something. And in, in a couple of cases, it led to, you know, more relationships, but, you know, uh, nobody was saying, all right, Jake, you know, we'd like you to coach, you know, the Chicago bears or whatever the heck it was, <laughs> um, real quickly, um, dominate the game. You know, uh, it's you said it's designed to help you get to that next level. Um, what was your, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. What, what's your favorite part or that one nugget that, uh, for somebody who doesn't have the book, what would you like to share to make them go out right now and order that book? <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, you are putting me on the spot. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of great points in the book, but I would say the biggest thing, and it's not going to be anything profound, but there's a chapter in there that's called Tomorrow is Never Promised. And, you know, I mean, I think that's so true. We we forget how fragile life can be. Sometimes we forget how every day is a gift. And, you know, I, I share in the book about how my dad passed away very unexpectedly and then how that changed my trajectory into what I'm doing today. But, you know, we recently had um, the school shooting at Michigan State University. Um, my daughter is a student there and she knew two of the victims who were killed she was also barricaded on campus for four hours uh while the police looked for the active shooters so like those events really make you pause and think about just how tomorrow isn't promised and so am i doing the right things today so that i can live a fulfilling life and you know spending time on the things that matter to me spending time with the people that matter to me and that's really what dominate the game is about is like dominate in your life and the things that you want to do, whether it, it's not all about career, it's, it's the entire picture, right? It's, you know, making sure like I'm as an entrepreneur, I mean, I work all the time, but at the same time I set boundaries and I make sure that I'm prioritizing my family and that I'm doing things because that's important. And you don't know when you're, when that day is going to be your last. So you want to make sure that you're just being intentional and deliberate with how you're spending your time and your energy. Yeah, it's not just one dimensional, even from a football standpoint. It's not just, you know, that offensive coordinator or that uh, defensive coordinator. It's it's the full game. It, it's all those components. Great stuff. Um, for our listeners, uh, we're having a great visit today with Jennifer Garrett. Uh, she's a, a very successful author, multiple author, multiple college degrees, uh, entrepreneur, podcast host. We're going to hear about the podcast in our next segment. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast.
We want to say thanks to Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to Huddle.com and change the way you see the game. Huddle is going to provide your coaches, your student athletes, and your school the tools that you need to help them play at the highest level. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But as an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And Huddle gave us a professional-grade solution to the challenges that we all face as athletic directors. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Snap Mobile is the parent company of an entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. There's Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and Snap Raise is their fundraising platform that we've used with great success, and you can too. They've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com for more information. That's snapraise.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Jennifer Garrett. We just got done talking about her very successful books. You should definitely check them out. She's also a very successful podcast host. And uh, during the break, we were talking about how, for me, uh, I started the podcast and that led to the books. You know, she wrote her book and uh, then created a podcast. So for you, Jennifer, how did that all get started? Why a podcast? And again, I, I already told you, I've become a fan. Um, why should our uh, listeners become fans of your podcast? It's a great question. So why, first, why did I start the podcast? I, I never thought I was going to be a podcast host. Actually, it wasn't part of my, my original playbook. And, um, you know, as podcasts continue to be more and more popular, I had people reaching out to me saying, Jen, you should start a podcast. And I was like, eh, no, there's so many out there. How am I going to set myself apart from everybody else? And so I initially shied away from it. And over time, people again would approach me about doing it. I said, you know what, let's, let's give it a go and see where the journey takes me. And so it was a no brainer in terms of the name of the podcast, right? I had the book, move the ball. So it made sense to use that for the title of the podcast, but that was really what the podcast was about too, was helping people to move the ball and be successful in business, help them better manage their brands. And also look at how you take the competitive athlete mentality and apply that beyond the football context. Uh, most of my guests are pro football players, but there are some other pro athletes as well. But how do you take that and, and you know, use it outside of sports to be successful? So that was kind of the focus of the show. And I decided, you know, to, to try it out. And here we are, we're in season four, over 250 episodes later. So I think I must be doing something right. <laughs> um, but it, it's been such a great journey. Every conversation that I have, just like you, Jake, I'm sure you get so much out of it as a host. It's not just for the audience, but also, I mean, I take just as much away as everybody else does. And it's great to you know hear other people's experiences, hear their advice, hear what works for them and things that they're doing to continue to be successful, whatever craft there is. So it's been a great journey. Um, and I didn't think that it would be as successful as it was. Um, it's also been a great 
tool for me as someone who, again, didn't know people in sports when I wrote Move the Ball. It's been a great way for people to get to know me as a person, but as a host, you know, as a professional and just learn of the brand. There are a lot of people that I had realized when I first started Move the Ball that learned about me because of the podcast that who otherwise might not have given me the time of day, right? So it's been a great way to connect and to network with other people also. So, you know, that's kind of the, the story behind the podcast. Um, you know, I've had some great guests on the show. Um, being from Chicago, uh, I talked about the Bears and the Bulls. I've had Mike Ditka on the show. Bill Cartwright, uh, five-time NBA champ and former Bulls head coach, um, has been on the show. So, I mean, that's just been awesome to hear perspectives from people that I watched as a kid, never, ever thought that I would know them and, you know, to, to become friends with them and, you know, to text them whenever I, I need to. I don't text them that often, but, you know, I mean, just like it's not it's not something that I ever thought would have been in my future so it's just it's so interesting where the journey can take you how technology also can help you connect with people across the globe who you might not ever have met you know and social media is a big part of that too and we talk about branding earlier I mean if you put yourself out there, you don't know who's watching, right? Everybody's watching to your your point. And so you don't know what opportunities and relationships can come by being out there. And so the podcast is just another way that I can serve others, um, but it also opens the door for opportunities. And when I say opportunities, that's not just paid business, but other great projects, relationships you can make. And so it's just been an incredible platform um, for me to grow as a person and also to contribute uh, to others and serve. Yeah, you, you touched on a couple of great points. Um, I was um, asked, and it, it's funny, I, I have friends, you know, and uh, colleagues in coaching and AD, when they had heard I had started a podcast, they literally fell off their chair because uh, I was one of those, nah, I'm not a podcast guy. And they would try mm -hmm. to turn me on to different ones. But I uh, was fortunate enough to be asked to appear on uh, another athletic director uh, related podcast. It's called Hanging with the ADs. Uh, we had done some stuff with our state association that was successful. And it was it was so much fun to talk about your school, talk about your teams, talk about yourself. Uh, and at the time, I was going to become the president of our state AD association. It was kind of my turn. If you hang around long enough, it becomes your turn to be president. So I was thinking I could do this for our state, uh, our Florida athletic directors and let them, you know, share their story. And that's how it all started out. Um, and then uh, I got a call from an AD in Nebraska, a friend of mine. He said, hey, Jake, I've been listening to the podcast, which just floored me. Uh, can I be a guest? And mm -hmm. so, you know, we we kind of went from there. And, and you talked about it. The people that you meet because of that um, has it, just been incredible. Uh, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy sharing the stories. Uh, but the people that you meet, like you, okay, mm -hmm. I, I've met, you know, gosh, Jennifer Garrett. Uh, th that is so cool. You've been doing it a little bit longer. Um, how have you seen your podcast change and grow from, let's say, those first five or 10 episodes to, you know, now where you're, you know, multiple years into it? Uh, any changes? There have been some changes. I mean, I think if you're into it four years and you say you haven't changed and that's a problem because you should always be looking to evolve, right? And get better and, and see how you can do things differently. So, I mean, for me, I, I evolved in terms of the guests that I've had on the show. Initially, my thought was to have more um, business leaders 
on the show and I would have a few athletes here and there, but reality was I just didn't, my network wasn't as robust in terms of the sports community. I knew a lot of people, but I was selective too with who I wanted to have on the show. And so now, you know, there's a lot more people that I know in sports. So I do, like, if you look at season three, which was last season, since we just started season four, you know, most of the guests are professional athletes, current athletes versus former athletes, because they bring a different perspective. The listeners have also changed over time, whereas I do have a lot more student athletes that listen to the show now and pro athletes. So it's, you know, trying to bring value to that segment, as well as, you know, my, my non-sport listeners, too. So I've, I've changed um, kind of the mix of who I have on the show. This season, I'm actually going to have some more business people on because I want to make sure that I'm also helping people to move the ball in business and and have you know really successful. I've had, for example, two uh, undercover boss CEOs on the show before. I've had some very successful entrepreneurs that have had you know very uh, lucrative franchises and other things. So I want to have more business conversations because I think one of the things on the show in the last few seasons, there was a lot of great motivational stories and habits um, that you know you can implement to be successful. There's only so many habits you can have to be successful, right? I mean, you can package them different ways, but it's not an infinite number. The secret success formula can be packaged in, in to a few, you know, or a subset or a handful of things. And so what I really wanted to do this year was it's really about how do I help people get stuff done? How do I help them get to that next level tactical steps versus just motivational stories and so people will hear more of that this season on the podcast well you are a master at transition uh we're going to take uh another break but when we come back we're going to talk about some of those leadership skills uh some of those leadership secrets that uh, uh people have shared with you for our listeners uh, our guest is jennifer garrett a uh, successful author podcaster entrepreneur uh possessor of seven different college degrees uh, we're going to take what another break, and we'll be right back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to th- say thanks to uh, Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Go to finalforms.com, and they're going to help you prepare for your best seasons ever. They're going to help you uh, to ensure compliance with state as well as local uh, regulations. They're going to help your coaches communicate better. They're going to help you with all the reports that come across your desk. And they're going to help your stakeholders with things like reminders about policies, about physical deadlines. They can help your coaches with their certification credentialing. And for you, they can help with eligibility, with rosters, and tons of other items that come across your desk every day. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes, somebody who gets it. For more information, Go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake and get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Jennifer, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. And you talked previously about uh, you know, leadership secrets or you know, leadership techniques. You certainly had to employ those in your career and, you know, with with everything that you've accomplished so far. And uh, as you mentioned, some of your guests have shared uh, a couple of those. So in the time that we've got left, you know, what are some leadership best practices uh, that you can share with our listeners? 
That's a great question. So there's a few that come to mind. The first one I'm going to say, I'm going to use a sports analogy to start us off. So there's a chapter in Dominate the Game called Manage the Game Clock, which is all about using your time effectively every single day. As a leader, I mean, I think we get that. We want to be most productive. But as a leader, it's important to make sure that you are also, when it comes to your teams, making sure that they're spending their time on the right things to achieve whatever objectives it is that you're looking to do for your organization. So you can help drive that in terms of, you know, the meetings that you put on the calendar, for example, the things that you task or you delegate your employees or your team to do, are those the right things? And as a leader, I think it's important to set the tone and make sure that you are driving the right priorities, but also are you ensuring that you have a culture where your teammates can bring things up and say, hey, I don't know, I think we should be spending time on that. Like they feel comfortable in pushing back in a healthy manner because those might not be the priority. So as a leader, it's important to make sure that you're facilitating a culture that allows your organization to manage their game clock effectively and make sure you're focused on the right things to be most productive for whatever it is you're looking to achieve. So that's my sports uh, reference that I'll use. There are a couple other things that I think are important. As a leader, we talked about how from a branding perspective, people are always watching, right? What gets put out. Well, as a leader, people are always watching you, whether you're in the public sphere or not. People are looking at you, whether they are interacting with you on a daily basis or once a week, once a month, whatever. And they're forming impressions of how you are as a leader, as a boss, as a business person. And so you just need to make sure that you are it's the things that you do and the things that you don't do that give people those impressions. And the reason I say the things that you don't do, should you have acted or should you have stood up for something when you didn't, right? That's just as important as if you did stand up and open your mouth or, or take action on something. So it's actions and inactions drive opinions of what people think of you as a leader. So making sure that you are aware of how are you conducting yourself or the lack thereof in all situations. So that's important too. Um, also as a leader, I think the energy that you give off is super important. So people tend to always, when, when things are great, people are positive, they're upbeat, they're projecting a positive environment onto others. But what about when things aren't so great? How are you acting in times of adversity or uncertainty or challenge? That's when a leader really shows their true skill set is when things aren't going right. So making sure that you're always being aware of how you're coming across in every setting, right? And projecting energy and the vibe that you want people to take away because that's very infectious. And I mean, if you think about if you walk into a room and you have one frumpy person, that just drags down so much energy, right? And the vibe of the room. But if you're the leader, like you're expect people are looking to you for your guidance. And so we all have bad days. We're all human. Things happen. But as a leader, you have to check yourself and just make sure like you, you handle those negative emotions in private. You know, you don't go to Twitter and tweet how you're feeling, <laughs> you know, you don't go on Facebook and blast someone. So you always have to, it's not just a matter of being a professional, but you also need to make sure that people are watching you. So give them the right impression of who you are as a person as well. Well, um, so many great ideas. And, and again, they get repeated again and again. Uh, in education, in coaching, athletics, in the business world. You know, um, the comment that you made in the previous segment, uh, there's not an infinite list of, you know, why people are successful. There's a lot of commonality uh, from one profession to the next. Well, 
Uh, Jen, this has been so cool uh, connecting with you and uh, spending some time with you today, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you know, your expertise is certainly not limited to the world of athletics, but um, in just a moment, I'm going to challenge you to send out uh, a brand new athletic director or let's say athletic leader on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So we're going to take our last break and hear from Athletic Surveys who sponsor this segment. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Jennifer Garrett is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic directors typically only hear from that 2%, that squeaky wheel parent or that frustrated athlete, and we need to hear from that 2%. But you also need to hear from the 98% that really love and support your program. It's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to that squeaky wheel parent or your principal or your school board. And athletic surveys can give you that information by creating a custom survey for your school. If you've never taken the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Go to athleticsurveys.com and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have been visiting with Jennifer Garrett, uh, successful author, multiple author, uh, multiple college degrees, a podcaster, an entrepreneur, um, and it's just been wonderful. But uh, right now, I'm going to challenge you, um, you, Jennifer, to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. And I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three tools are going to go into Jennifer Garrett's athletic director toolbox? It's a great question. So the first one is going to be a day planner of some sorts. And the reason for that is because organization preparation is so important to being effective and to manage that game clock, you know, and it's most effective uh, in the most effective way. So I think it's important to have a, a day planner because then you can schedule out the activities and prioritize your days according to those priorities because there's so many uh, demands for our time. So being focused in a world full of all kinds of distractions is really a competitive advantage. And having that day planner is one and sticking to the things that you have scheduled to do for each and every day is important. So that would be the first one. The second one is I think it's important to learn from those who have done it well before you and who are doing it well already. So I would say whatever uh, material you can consume, whether it's through social media, a podcast, or something like that, you need to build into your playbook um, time to learn from those who are doing it effectively. What are they doing that is great? What best practices can you take away from them? So we talked about lifelong learning. Like you need to know to be a good AD, you need to know what does it mean to be a good AD and how do the ones that are great at it doing it so you can adopt those practices into your own playbook. So that's number two. And then the third is not a tool tool, 
but it's actually more of a philosophical thing. You need to be able to listen to understand. So when you have conversations with people, whether it is other ADs, whether it is players, you know, whoever it is that you're talking with, it's not just about the conversation, but it's listening to understand what they have to say, what their issues are, their concerns, whatever, and really engaging in the conversation. So we talked about my podcast. Um, my very first guest for season four of the show was Chris Leak, uh, Florida quarterback, um, who, you know, they took him to 2006 national championship. Um, and so Chris and I talked about listening to understand on the show. So that's been top of mind for me. Cause I think it's so important. There are people that just listen, that listen to respond. It's not about listening to respond. A great leader listens to understand. So as a new AD, I think that's one way you can separate yourself and differentiate is by having conversations and actively listening to understand the other person's perspective so that you can better serve those people as you continue on in your AD career. So those would be my three. And then of course, you know, if you're looking for another resource, move the ball and dominate the game are great books to, to, you know, just look at, to be a better leader in general. Um, but yeah, so that would be my answer. No, um, I, again, I love the, I love all of them, but uh, I love the day planner because I'm, I'm an old school guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I would tell our coaches, you know, your game, might be on the school website, you know, it might be on your laptop, but if it's not in my day runner, that game doesn't exist. Um, and again, listening, uh, it, it's a, such an important tool and it's one that I failed to use, uh, or early enough in my career, you know, I, 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 at the end of my career, I finally learned the importance and the value of listening. Thanks so much for sharing. And again, we don't want to forget your books, move the ball and dominate the game. Speaking of those, uh, let's give out the website one more time, how they find out more about Jennifer Garrett and all the great things that she's doing for leaders. For sure. If you go to www.getinsidethehuddle.com, then you can learn all about me and what I do. Uh, there's a link to the podcast there, although that's on all the major podcast platforms. And then the books are there. You can also go to dominateandmove.com, which is the book's website. It's on Amazon and all the other major retailers online as well. You can see I have a sports theme with everything that I do, which from a branding standpoint, I mean, that's important is you need to have themes that align with your brand. So you'll always see things that I do, they'll have some sports tie to it. Yeah, and again, that website, get inside the huddle. Love it. Get inside the huddle.com. Uh, and Jennifer Garrett, uh, books, podcasts, leadership techniques. Uh, check it out today. Jennifer, thanks so much for being on the podcast and all the best moving forward. Thank you so much. I've had a great time. For our listeners, um, we do this just about every day and we upload the episodes to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Come back next time for more best practices on the Educational Lady Podcast.